Welcome to the Charlotte is Creative Podcast. Today's show features hosts Tim Miner and Matt Olin speaking with Mark Perez, leadership professor at Johnson & Wales University and host of the podcast On Life and Meaning, immediately following the November 3rd Creative Morning Charlotte event at Warehouse 242, where Mark spoke about the global theme of death. Many years ago, Mark worked as a judicial law clerk for the U.S. Court of Appeals in the 11th Circuit. While he had spent many years in law school preparing for the role, he eventually had a moment of clarity about how he wanted to spend the rest of his life. His calling, he decided, was to be a lifelong learner and student, a person always in pursuit of knowledge and understanding. It was soon after this that Mark founded Charlotte Viewpoint, an early pioneer of the local online city life and culture publication that many contemporary websites owe their roots to today. Mark teaches the next generation of creatives to become leaders and independent thinkers themselves at Johnson & Wales University. He also hosts the podcast On Life and Meaning, a show where he interviews some of the best and brightest minds in the city about their life's purpose and the meaning that can be taken from that. In this edition of the Charlotte is Creative podcast, Mark talks about how he realized what it is he wants to do with his life, the motivations of knowing that we have limited time on this planet, and how he hopes to use his podcast as a way to spread that knowledge. Remember to RSVP to the next Creative Morning Charlotte event Friday, December 1st at Warehouse 242, where Latin Americans Working for Achievement Executive Director Violetta Mosier will be speaking on the global theme of context. Register for this free event by visiting charlotteiscreative.com, 9 a.m. Monday, November 27th. Don't forget to use the hashtag charlotteiscreative and tweet us at CMCLT whenever you see charlotteans showing their creativity. All right. Well, here we go. Another edition of the Charlotte is Creative podcast. It's time. I can't. It is. It is time. In fact, it's go, go time, time with Andy Go. I think we can say that in unison. It's, it's go, go time. time. All right. And we say that because Andy Go is our podcast producer, along with many other podcasts in town. You are. You've kind of cornered the market to You're a certain the- extent. You guys like how I put this uh, microphone in now so I can talk back to you? <laughs> nice. He can finally start. Like with these wow. other shows, like we got the I, producer who chimes in. This, we want this, that. We're, this is the Howard Stern of Charlotte podcast now with Andy. Does that make me Robin Quivers? <laughs> yes, sure, it yeah. yes, it, <laughs> it does. Yes, it does. All right. <laughs> we just got a nod out of that. Yep. All right. Okay. Well, let's so, get into the main course because this was a really amazing creative mornings and a lot of depth of conversation today. Yeah. So, so uh, here we are on November 3rd, 2017. We just finished our creative mornings event uh, here at Warehouse 242. Our speaker was Mark Perez, uh, who is, among other things, a professor at Johnson & Wales University, uh, a uh, emerging podcaster. And uh, a publisher as well, you know, of Charlotte Viewpoint. Um, so I think we should say Renaissance Man. I think Renaissance Man is the way to go. And as with any good Renaissance Man, was unafraid to tackle what could be a very difficult, what is a very difficult topic, a theme of death, which which we and 178 other cha- Creative Mornings chapters are exploring uh, during the month of November. So first of all, Mark, welcome to the podcast. 
Hello, boys. And thank you for being a big old monster yes to all of this, right? Thank you, Matt and Tim. You guys are really, really amazing guys. And you are a gift to our city. You inspire so many people. You've inspired me. And people want to do great and fascinating and cool things because of you two. And that there is exactly why we do this podcast. Because we want to get people in here to... Make us feel good. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I mean, did maybe we we lied to you? That's actually the end of the podcast. That's what we're trying to get out <laughs> yeah. of you. No, that's very. Yeah, you know, we're very humbled. Uh, you know, that's it's very kind of you to say that. I, just it's a continuum. There are so many people in this town that 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 are inspirational and that push each other, uh, and we're just proud to be part of that. And you're you're part of that crew too. Thanks. So. So what we normally do with our podcast is, you know, some podcasts put the lightning round at the end, and we like to start with a lightning round. It, it wakes those brain cells back up again. Yeah, you know? exactly. I mean, there's a big output of energy when you when you give a talk at Creative Mornings and when you host a talk at Creative Mornings or, or host a Creative Mornings event. So this is our way of, like, just getting the juices flowing again. Um, so no thought is really just you just keep them popping. Right, exactly. So uh, we'll start off with this. Mark, what is your hometown? Hometown is Charlotte. I've been here for 20 years, since 1999, almost 20 years, and felt like home the moment I got here. Nice. That's awesome. All right. Have you seen Monty Python and the Meaning of Life? And if so, what's your favorite part? Oh, my gosh. I I have no memory of it whatsoever. (laughs) Which I think is the appropriate way to experience Monty Python, isn't it? Oh, yes. yes. I think, I think you, they achieved their objective in you with that. <laughs> Tim, do you have a, a favorite part from Monty Python and the Meaning of Life? Uh, you know, Bring it, out your dead? I, I hate to say it. It's my, well, that's from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Don't! So, um, no, I, it's actually, this is probably heretical, but I don't care for the meaning of life. It's not my favorite Monty Python Oh, you know, movie. that's the one with Mr. Creosote. It is. Out and grows, it is. Yeah, that was my, fi- my favorite Probably part. my favorite part is when the, in the Catholic household where the woman keeps giving birth over and over. Oh, yes. Every sperm is sacred. Yeah, exactly. Which is the one with one more wafer? That's the life of Brian. I like that one. Yeah, that's a great film. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's get back to the lightning. Here we go. Um, what Charlotte restaurant has coffee that's just to die for? Well, I go to 7th Street. Uh, not, 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 ju- not, just, not coffee. just coffee. Yes. And that's always a good place. And I'm not too much of a coffee drinker. I like my hot chocolate. But it's a great crowd. And it's a couple blocks from home. And I love being there. Nice. All right. As you said, there is, we, we don't know what the countdown clock is, right? But if you could only see one more concert before you died, who would it be? It would be Led Zeppelin if they came back together. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Mark, you and I are best friends now. That is the best possible answer <laughs> yeah. to that question. Beautiful. Mark, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Oh my gosh. I'm trying to think, how, <laughs> I'm trying to think of all the clever references that pose that question to begin with. I, uh, is it? Oh, I see what oh. you did there. I would go with Yippie Kai. Yes, yes. Oh, Yippie I agree. Kai, yes, I think yes. it is a Christmas movie. Um, it is my. F- I have a, a. I wrap Christmas presents on Christmas Eve every year, watching Die Hard. Yeah. How many Die Hards have there been? Five. Yeah, but there's really only one. <laughs> <laughs> well put, Mister Minor. Well put. All right. Speaking of dying, uh, what color would you consent to dye your hair to? Well, I like my sol- sort of silver gray that I that you do feels, have the Anderson Cooper thing going that on. That seems very well earned. <laughs> um, I, I would probably go like a shade of of, of a little purple streak. Yeah, I nice. think that okay. would sort of add it with the gray. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, keep yeah, it, keep a little bit. Keep the gray, but with a purple streak. You are a true Charlatan. That is very purple. That's good. That's a Hornets fan right there. That's right. 
All right, which life cereal is best? Original, cinnamon, vanilla, or pumpkin? I, it's got to be original. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I think so. Ooh. I would push back on that. I'm a huge, huge Cinnamon Life fan, um, and I got Mirabelle, our daughter, is now a huge Cinnamon Life fan. See, I am a, not no pun intended, a lifelong Life cereal fan. It's my favorite cereal, and it was Cinnamon, but this vanilla that they got going on, is it it's, good? it's worth a try. I think we should all try it. I had a bowl this morning. <laughs> we should have. We should have brought someone and tried it. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll have a life cereal date. It'll be fun. All right. All right. In craps, what are the dots on a die called? Dots. <laughs> is that They're right? actually called pips. Is oh, that right? Oh, you're right. Yes. I have heard that. Yes. All right. I had never heard that. Yes. So that's clearly true. Absolutely, wrote that question. Absolutely Gladys true. Knight and the dice. <laughs> <laughs> It's good. I like that. If you ever do start a like a, a band of some kind, even if it's a cover band, that's got to be the name that's of it. That's it. And you're Gladys. All right. <clears throat> What's the name of the final Harry Potter novel? Something about the Hallows. Oh, close. There's been a theme to the questions. You can do this. Oh, my gosh. It, this has nothing to do with life cereal, does it? Uh, Hallows. We'll give it to you. Yeah. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Oh, right. Yes. Now you How haven't could I missed that. Yeah. 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 All right. Back in 1981, cast your mind back. I remember it well. All right. Did you get up super early to watch Prince Charles marry Princess Die? I did not. <laughs> Decidedly did not. <laughs> Decidedly. I love it. All right. That's great. Thank you for playing along. All right. So you, are we feeling our brains kind of I'm, re-energized I'm a little bit? I'm ready to go. All right. So a handful of you know deeper questions that we'll go into. And um, again, for those of you who are here and saw uh, Mark's amazing talk, um, this is a great way to sort of dive deeper on it. And if you haven't, you know, definitely watch the video too, because because uh, it's it's an incredible talk, well worth uh, your time. So let's start here, Mark. Where do you see the link between death and the pursuit of creativity? I think they are one in the same, Matt. I mm-hmm. think that, but for our mortality, we probably wouldn't be very creative at all. There's this very old story, one of the most ancient stories of all, called the story of Gilgamesh. Mm. And he is someone who's pursuing immortality. And he ultimately fails in his quest. But one of the lessons that he learns is that if, in fact, he had gained immortality, he wouldn't be motivated to do anything. Mm. He would, in fact, just sit under a tree and think about eternity. So it's the fact that the clock is ticking, whether we're conscious of it or not. Or, uh, but it's, it's there, and it spurs us, I think, to make something of our lives. It's you know I'm I'm struck that you brought up um, you know mythology because you know I read a lot of it as a child. Spoiler alert! Um, oh, but, excuse me, nerd alert! Nerd, <laughs> I we have had this discussion. I am a geek. Nerds yes. are a oh sorry, bit more, yes. you know they're more intelligent than I am. My I'm apologies. just a geek. Um, but at any rate, you know it was the concept like the way that the Greeks especially dealt with uh, with immortality put me off. I mean, it's scary. It was scary. Like I was, it wasn't that I was scared of an end. I was scared of the continuation after an end. Like, you know, when you think about the myth of Sisyphus, you know, constantly rolling a rock to the top of the hill only to have it roll down to the bottom and start all over again ad infinitum. That was terrifying. Yeah. And having giant eagles pluck at you is no oh, yeah, fun for, either. Yeah. That's not a good way to go. <laughs> or you, you could be Aeschylus and die by tortoise head to the shell uh uh, tortoise shell to the head that's still talking about it now i mean that's yeah that ain't shoe shabby or chrysippus who died by who laughed to death what was that name again chris Chris (laughs) (laughs) chrysippus well mark do we know do you know the right correct (laughs) no because i don't think i know 
but uh, anyway, watch the video. You'll 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 know what we're talking about. All right. Um, so this this is probably an unfair question because I'm now as I read it, we're asking you to encapsulate your entire speech. Um, but uh, so you have a podcast called On Life and Meaning. Um, how do you feel death adds meaning to life? Do we have 20 minutes? Right. Can we, can we restate maybe, the whole? Maybe we, <laughs> well, I, let's, let's, uh, let's shrink it down. How does, how does death add meaning to today? Right now. You, we talked about it before the podcast even started. We've got now. We do have now. And I think that there's a, I'm thinking of President Obama talking about the urgency of now. Mm-hmm. And there is a certain urgency to the moment. And um, this is something I talk about with my students all day long because they do think that they're going to live for a thousand years. And when we remind them that life is precious and it often can be quite tragic and unexpected as to what happens, uh, it does sort of key you in to being alert to the moment and being present. Or as I talked about in my presentation, sort of what Jerry Garcia sought to do with his music, and that was to constantly explore the eternal now in his music. So that way, no song was any, like any other song. No song mm-hmm. had an artificial stop or start after three minutes and 28 seconds. That it just flowed within the currents of eternity. And if the song went on for 20 minutes, it went on for 20 minutes. If it stopped after two, it stopped after two. But it was about sort of bringing all of your presence to the moment. Yeah. Well, so... In your role at Johnson and Wales, you, uh, among other things, you teach a course called the Good, the Good Life. Life yeah. Yes. So um, I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. But first, you know, you've had a very, very, a varied career. What led you to Johnson and Wales? Unemployment. Yeah. No, really. That is an answer that's led me to many things as well. <laughs> that's as I, as have I. <laughs> so yes. it's a, a great company. motivator. Well, I will say that we have these breakthrough moments, and it often comes from moments of crisis that when our lives are comfortable, we're not, ter- we're not doing anything really terribly interesting. We're not taking risks. So uh, when you're confronted with um, having to pull a rabbit out of the hat, often you find yourself reaching within yourself for things that are powerful and meaningful. So just to encapsulate that moment, uh, I had been a lawyer. I had started a business. That business ultimately failed here in Charlotte uh, in a sort of a midnight crisis, I started Charlotte Viewpoint as a way to kind of express what was most essential. And uh, out of that, a new version of myself essentially flowered. And I started giving presentations around town. And um, I wasn't quite unemployed. I was working uh, at that time, but I wasn't unhappy at that job. Long and short, I was giving these presentations, and there was the provost of Johnson & Wales in the audience. And he came up to me afterwards and said, "Uh, that was great. You really moved the audience. We'd love to have you on campus. Would you consider teaching? And heavens opened. It really, um, I think, spoke to who I always wanted to be, which was an educator. And wow. it just changed my life. Yeah. And, and, and so you've been able to shape certain curriculum offerings, um, I guess, like The Good Life w- would clearly be a class that was of your design. It is. So that was sort of entirely of my thinking, although nothing is entirely of our thinking, but right, sort of right, just right. pull the threads from, from lots of different sources. And it's, a, it's an interdisciplinary course about um, how we uh, go about living well and avoid misliving. Yeah. Cool. I think that's, I'm, I'm, I'm diverging because that was such a uh, great- Tim's going, he's going <laughs> I'm rogue. I'm going rogue. Now, I, I, I think that um, it's, it's, way, it's way too easy to get comfortable. 
like you talked about. I mean, my father told me early on in my career, if you don't wake up every morning just a little bit scared that you can't do it, you know, that that you're going to be discovered as a charlatan today, that you're in the wrong that you're in the wrong spot. And I think people get comfortable and they forget to take those creative risks. And then when they have a crisis moment, they still don't lean on their creativity. And so I think it's great that when you, when you founded viewpoint and you had that outlet, it led you Hmm. rather than kind of flailing around and trying to get back into exactly what you just left, it opened up new doors for you. Yeah. No question about it. And I can see that with the work that you guys are doing. Right. Mm -hmm. And we've, Matt, you and I have talked about in the past about the thrash, yeah, right? And it's out of that that you really find your power and authenticity to do something that's true to yourself. Absolutely. So jumping back in I, I, again with Johnson & Wales, what, how do you think that, that JNW has, has, um, has led in Charlotte in the continued development of our creative community as a whole? Because it really well, does feel like a touchstone moment when they opened it. I here. certainly think so. Uh, it's certainly our point of view that we've had a, a significant, probably underappreciated impact on the city uh, in many regards, in terms of all of the restaurants and breweries and, and all of the entertainment and... Um, gathering spots that we now take for granted that's part of the Charlotte scene. Yeah, a lot scene. of hospitality that right. doesn't get All of that has to be uh, imagined and envisioned and staffed and, uh, and people-powered, and those people are coming from our campus. Mm. And so if you, our graduates are all over the city. Uh, uh, does, does sports and entertainment matter in our town? Well, our students are uh, filling those spots throughout the city. Uh, and I can go on, but I think a lot, if you think about Johnson Wales opening in 2004 and where we are today, I think there are a lot of lines that lead back to our campus in terms of the explosion of culture um, and, um, and very exciting entrepreneurial, often first-generation students who are making a difference in our town. I totally agree. And, and actually had sat down with uh, uh, Joe and Katie Kindred recently and was able to have a, a version of this conversation with them as well. And really just getting present to this idea that um, that a lot of the the really talented creative people that are coming out of Johnson Wales are actually choosing to stay in Charlotte, you know, whereas you can imagine a reality where, you know, you're churning out these talented people and then they go off and create things in other places. And sure, there's that as well. But I love how many of them are saying, no, I'm going to set up shop here. I'm going to share my creative gifts with my fellow Charlatans. Um, that is a beautiful part of, I think, the unfolding creative story here in Charlotte as well. So there's a line that I've used before about uh, how cities develop. Uh, if you want a great city, build a great university and wait 200 years. Mm. <laughs> Uh, because uh, universities contribute so much in terms of sort of the intellectual exchange, the entrepreneurism, students staying in town, their their families deciding to call it home, students who would otherwise go back to their hometown, planting their flag here. That has a multiplier effect. And if you think about UNC Charlotte and Queens and Davidson and Johnson Wales and Johnson C. Smith, uh, there's an ecosystem of universities that are really making the difference here. Yeah. Now you, you have a, a, a rich um, perspective on the development of this city through the various roles that you've played here uh, as a, as a publisher of uh, Charlotte viewpoint, as a professor at Johnson Wales, now as a podcaster um, and, and as a citizen, a very active and engaged citizen mm-hmm. of our city. So through that lens, through that perspective, um, how have you seen Charlotte change since you've lived here? And are, are there, is there a thing that you wish had changed but hasn't yet? So maybe talk a little bit about just 
How do you think Charlotte's changed? And is there something you're wait, still waiting? Okay, so I'm not blowing bubbles your way, but you guys are the change. Uh, well, <laughs> what I mean by that is not only what you're doing, but what you represent mm. for the city, because uh, there are aspects of what you do all over town. Mm. Uh, there are other Matts and Tims sure. doing their thing. Yes. Yeah. And and so there. <laughs> and so, uh, if you think back when I first arrived in 1999, uh, there were pockets of people fighting the good fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's probably always been true in the 70s and the 80s, the 90s. There's always been a cultural scene in Charlotte. Um, but you're getting more of a you're getting more of a network mass effect, and people are collaborating and leveraging each other's skills and getting excited and inspired uh, in a in a productive way about what you, what each other is doing. Yeah. Um, that's your future calling, by the way, Mark. <laughs> No, two minutes. That ahead. was the faux. The, yes, the, the podcast podcast faux yeah. pas of a ringer still on. But you know, we can laugh about it now. Yeah. Okay, I, and I think the best evidence of that is there's so much to do on a Friday or Saturday night or a Thursday night. Your, your calendar can fill up all over town, mm-hmm. and it used to be you had a limited number of choices. Now it seems like there's just not enough time to to visit and do all the things you want to do. Yeah, totally. I absolutely agree with with that. Every weekend, I'm like, or every week, I'm like, how, did I, how did I miss that? Yeah, and offering apologies to the people that I, I really want to come to your well, event. I need to support what you're doing, but I can't. You or know, trying to merge into traffic if you've got something <laughs> something yeah. of your own that you're trying to get. Yeah, to. yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so, circling back to uh, to your podcast, what are what are your goals with it, and where do, where do you want to see it go? What do you want to do with it? So, I'm here with my uh, teammate and colleague Andy Go, who's helped me launch on Life and Meaning, and it wouldn't exist without him. We told you, <laughs> go time. It's go time. It's go time. Um, so, uh, it is a conversation that I have with people about their life and work and we explore what matters most. And in having those conversations, we explore what they're doing, how they got from here to there in life, and ultimately, um, what their higher purposes are. Mm. And as I alluded to in my, uh, presentation today, there are different ways we can, uh, infuse life with meaning. And one of the ways we infuse life uh, with meaning is to be intentional about those questions about the meaning of life and, and, and how we find joy and purpose. And so those are the conversations I want to have. And I, I would like those conversations to be, uh, uh, more common, uh, instead of just some, always talking at the surface level with each other, can we create a culture in which, uh, we dive deeper with each other? So I think that's part of what I want to do. Uh, I think the second thing, uh, the way that I imagine it is as an art installation. Mm. And uh, just like you would walk into a gallery and see a hundred portraits on the wall, when I have when my run comes to an end with this podcast, I'll essentially have a hundred portraits on the wall that will be an art installation over a two year period. Mm, beautiful, yeah. Well, I love the lineup of of really just incredibly compelling individuals that you've interviewed so far. I'm sure you have a bunch more up your sleeve. But there, one of the things we've learned, even just in producing Creative Mornings here, is that. Because I remember early on, people said, oh, you're going to run out of people that can go up and give talks. And I'm like, are you kidding me? There are so many people here. We can't even figure out how we're going to get them all up there because there's so many folks that whose stories need to be heard. Go ahead, Mark. How many months ahead are you programmed? Well, we know our themes through the end of next year. So we know our themes through December 2018. And we're kind of backfilling a little bit. We, we don't actually program chronologically. We, we kind of, you know, when we find a great speaker for a, for a theme... That theme might be next summer, and we'll go ahead and plug that person in there. And we may have a few months in between that we still need to figure it out. Yeah. But we know December, we know January, and we leave some room for for serendipity. Yeah, you know, for for 
I think part of it is having uh, a mixture of, of talks that are timeless, like yours today, um, and others that are timely. Yeah. Uh, and so we try to have a nice balance of that. But I think that what Matt was just saying about, like, oh, you'll run out of speakers, that's really – that comes from the same place as what we've been – what we feel like we're fighting against, which is this kind of narrative that Charlotte is – limited in its creativity that, you know, very, very conservative and very boring and very safe. And I think if you only see the available pool of speakers as people who have already spoken somewhere, people who are a known quantity, then yeah, I think you would, you know, there is a limited, there is a limited pool. But what we've tried to do is, is uncover and find people that are vibrant and already very active in this community, but you got to do a little digging that people just aren't, they're not on the marquee, right? They haven't been, they haven't, yeah. they haven't spoken at TEDx or they haven't been at, at a chamber meeting. And, um, so I think that's very much related that it, the problem we have now is quite the opposite. It's how do we get all these people, all these voices we want at the table to be there? Well, I'll tell you, not only do you change the narrative of the city by doing that work, you also change the narrative for that individual that you discovered. Mm. Because when you give them that opportunity, they now think of themselves differently. Hmm. And they see a potential and a capacity in themselves that they that may not have been recognized. And so that's a gift you give to them. Well, that's beautiful. And I think a great sort of moment to end on uh, would be a, a question that we like to ask all of our podcast guests, which is, what advice do you have for Charlotte? And it can be anything at all. But if you had some advice you wanted to give to your fellow citizens here, on this morning, uh, what would it be? So I would say believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think that uh, as anyone who's thought about Charlotte and, and written about Charlotte and considered Charlotte, there's always this insecurity issue. And we don't fully appreciate all of our gifts and talents. And there's this little bit of a, um, a chip on our shoulder that we're not this town or we're not that town. And um, there are just these beautiful graces that we have mm-hmm. that we need to claim and own and celebrate and let the chips fall where they may. Amen. That is, that is a fantastic message to leave us with. And something that my wife talks about too is, is this idea of uh, owning your greatness. And I think that applies not just to each individual person in Charlotte, but, but to Charlotte as a city too, owning it and, and acknowledging it and, and being cool to celebrate it. You know? Yeah. I'm so thankful that you said that. Cause I mean, early in my career, you know, I worked with the chamber and oh, not the chamber, sorry, the Convention Visitors Bureau and some others. And it felt like we were always looking at other cities and saying, how can we do that? When we could say, well, how do we do what we do? And and I think what you just said there, and and again, one of the blessings of Johnson and Wales and some of the amazing creative people here is that we've, we seem to have stopped that. And we started to say, how does Charlotte do what Charlotte does? Yeah. Not how do we become a better Atlanta or, you know, let's get the Overstreet Mall from Wisconsin. And I think and as we celebrate our, our greatness as individuals and, and as a community, uh, it's equally important to acknowledge the challenges that lie ahead of us too, uh, the, the hard work that needs to be done. And as I like to remind myself and others, when, if they'll listen, uh, you know, when it comes to this thing of life, uh, there ain't any of us getting out alive, right? We're, and so we might as well um, come together as much as possible, work together as much as possible, collaborate, celebrate each other, and, and just do it together uh, because, you know, that's that's where it's at as far as I'm concerned. So thanks be, for being a part of that, Mark, a huge part of that. I'm incredibly grateful for our time together. So awesome. I appreciate it, guys. All right. There it is. All right. Nobody died. And now it's time to go. <laughs>
<laughs> really? We're going to work on the sign-off, too. We have to work on the sign-off. Andy, can I think we, Andy should lead us out. Can we workshop that a little bit? I'll just uh, give you guys my sign-off line that I use for my podcast, okay. which is drive home safe, be great every day, tell your loved ones that you love them. I'm out. <laughs> and I'll add to that, everyone is creative and everyone is welcome. Ride or die. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks once again to Johnson & Wales leadership professor, Mark Perez, for speaking with us. And thank you, the listener, for tuning in to the Charlotte is Creative podcast. You can find Mark's podcast on life and meaning by visiting onlifeandmeaning.com and subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Let us know what you think by tweeting us at CM underscore CLT and using the hashtag CharlotteIsCreative. Remember to mark your calendars for Friday, November 3rd at 8.30 a.m. at Warehouse 242-2307 Wilkinson Boulevard, where Latin Americans working for Achievement Executive Director Violetta Mosier will speak on the global theme of context. For more from Charlotte is Creative, check out charlotteiscreative.com.